Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton, and this week, Vanessa Sanyuki. Hello, Vanessa. Hi. Um, uh, so before the break, we were chatting about Facebook and data. Where does your data go? Uh, are you worried about it? We'd love to hear if you are. Come give us a call, 0344-499-1000. Um, and of course... We want to know who your badass of the week is. Is there a badass woman out there that you think deserves a little shout out? Tweet us at Talk Radio. Come and tell us about her. We would love to know who yours is. Uh, Now, we are very lucky today because occasionally we get some really brilliant women in. And I say not brilliant, but their minds are brilliant. And then we are just in awe of them. And we're really lucky because this week we have an amazing woman in tech, Nishma Rob, Marketing Director at Google UK. Hi, Nishma. Hello. Hello. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. So tell us a little bit about a typical day in the life of the head of marketing at Google UK. What exactly does that mean? Um, well, maybe I'll give you kind of a typical day and maybe a fun day because the reality, like most people, <laughs> nice. is you do spend way too much time in meetings and emails. But the reality is um, we spend a lot of time thinking about what do people how do they people use our services? So I specifically look after the marketing of Google and YouTube's advertising products. So this is the way that businesses can use our platforms and services to reach customers and, and grow their business, sell products or communicate with them. So it's understanding really what they want and they need and think about how we can storytell. So a great day is when I can spend time with our teams and our customers, understanding, like really digging into what's happening latest in innovation or behaviours or how we're using different platforms or searches. And then combining that with trying to understand and, and find, you know, I think great creative talent. I have um, quite a spectrum in terms of, I suppose, the very rational side of my job. So looking at data and thinking about insights to the very emotional and creative side. So last week, for example, we, we hosted a dinner for the advertising industry and I got to host the wonderful Nadia Rose who is a incredible music artist, a grime artist, and bringing her very much to the forefront. So she's used YouTube to um, showcase her talent, is being discovered and tells her stories. She'd actually done an amazing project with us around um, an advertising agency that was thinking about how they could tell stories on mobile, which is quite hard because often these are kind of short few second stories. And they've done this really cool experiment around retelling fairy tales in six second slots 
and she did this amazing Nadia Rose's amazing one called Trapunzel with us, which is you'll be able to find online on YouTube. I was telling, I feel like I have I seen it already. Has it come yeah, out? Yeah, you may well have done it. Yeah, has I feel been like out, I but have. it's just there's all these incredible. So yes, it's it's a diverse range of digging into data, thinking about what our customers, ways that we can tell our stories, and be helpful to marketeers and agencies, as well as going out and finding out what's cool, what's new, what's happening. How do people engage and, and be entertained online? Yeah. And particularly, I love some of the stuff that we have on YouTube, um, whether it's filmmakers, musicians, artists, how-tos, etc. There's There's a vast array. And looking at what people are searching for is always, it's fascinating. Yeah. So you use the word data a lot there. So I have to ask you, because everyone has been talking about Facebook and data this week. What does that mean for you guys at Google? How is it going to change how you operate? Well, um, I won't specifically comment on Facebook and their situation at the moment. It won't be appropriate, but I'm very happy to kind of to give you a bit more insight into our approach mm-hmm. to data. And as you say, it's really at the heart of, I suppose, the digital revolution. Um, and it was interesting to hear you talk earlier about how we're, in some respects, we're quite happy to share our data. But I think it is about the value exchange you get back. So really, at Google, what we do, we start with first and foremost, it's about security. Because before you can think about privacy or control, you've really got to have the reassurance that your data is safe. So everything we do from the searches you make to your Gmail or any of the other products, all of that is encrypted and it's secure and safe. So that's the first stop. You need to know that it's safe. And then second, it's about making it incredibly easy to be able to control, first understand what's available, what do you want to make private, what don't you, and then be able to control it. And that control can come through to seeing exactly what you've searched for. So you can you can go and have a look back at your kind of mad and crazy search history. Delete it if you don't want to share it. You can even look at your voice searches as well. But also things that may be controlling the kind of adverts that are served to you. Because at the heart of this, a lot of this data is used to help advertising. And the reality is from Google's point of view or any of the tech companies, I suppose, but particularly from our perspective, is we believe in a free internet. So all the services we have are free. And it's really important when you think about that because... Half the world is online mm-hmm. and we've benefited and loved having all this amazing free access to information. And as we bring on the rest of the world online, we want to make sure that they have free access as well. And the only way that we can deliver free access in our apps and all the things that we love and use means you've got to pay for it in some way and that's advertising. But that does mean that as an individual, and I feel this as much as anyone else, I want control of it. I don't want to be annoyed and be irritated by irrelevant ads or be followed around in that way once I've bought my shoes. I've bought them now. Send me a new pair. That is always a really scary <laughs> thing when you're yeah. unpacking. It's like going from the it. shop and it's still flashing at you. Like, oh, stop, how do you know? So we've created tools that makes it really easy that you can decide what data you share, what ads you have, and they are really simple controls. You can, and we can. We often remind people, so when you come back onto Google or you log in, we will send you a privacy checkup reminder. But we've also introduced um, some functionality recently where you can mute an ad. So when you do get these ads that can be irritating or annoying, you can mute them. Because for us, it's not about removing ads. Because actually, I would say I still love ads. I need them to help and find and discover things. I just don't really like bad ads or ones that are irritating. And actually, we, re- we launched a report last week that talked about the fact that in the last year, we'd removed 3.2 billion bad ads, as we call them. And these are ads that people have said, I don't like them. I've muted it. And because we understand what device, wherever it is. And the other thing that's great is to make sure that when I when I have said to Google, I don't want this ad, or I don't like these ads, or I don't want this data, is that that applies to every device. Because I might start on the laptop, but then I go on my phone, 
and I don't want it following me around. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it's about security and then privacy and control. Yeah. Emma. So Google is one of the top um, companies to work for, probably in the world. What's it like working at Google? We've heard lot. We've covered it on the show before about what the offices are like, the you know the tests that you have to go through to get a job there. Can you give us a bit of an insight into Google as a place to work? Yeah, God, it, it is. Um, well, the food is amazing. I can count. <laughs> Everyone always talks about when they come and visit us. They're like, "Wow, all this free food! You're yeah, very well fed at Google." I think for me, actually, if I start with the culture, because this is the thing when I joined uh, four years ago, the thing that struck me, and it was I very much remember in my first couple of weeks, there is a genuine sense of trust in culture. So you are trusted with information. You're privileged to understand what's going on, and that fosters a behaviour throughout the organisation of how people engage with each other because when you have that transparency and trust around the mission or what you're doing or your contribution it really does change behavior but it is we 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 I'm lucky to work with such phenomenal people um and the talent that we bring in and that interview process that that is talked about and renowned it's legendary it's it is there's legendary yeah there is and I, I you know I think I look at it and I distill it more and more is that and what I love about it actually is the trying to really understand people's brains and the way that they think about it versus just what they've done. I think, you know, I, I talk not just at Google but beyond is that I think we almost need a revolution in the way that we look at talent and hire talent because a two-page CV can it really do justice. Whereas the multiple interviews, we're checking, you know, we're checking, we're, we're exploring, we're curious about how do people's brains think and they process, how do they take big problems and tackle them. And also we have this thing called googliness. <laughs> so we want to see how googly people are. And what that basically means, it's around your behaviour, you know, how collaborative, how kind, how supportive, how many of your interests go beyond the day job. Okay. Well, how googly are you? Uh, we are going to be finding out. We're going to be finding out what it means to be googly. Um, so you will know whether you are smart enough or not to work at Facebook. More from the amazing Nishma Rob coming up here on Talk Radio. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton, and this week, standing in for Natalie Campbell, we have Vanessa San UK. Hello, Vanessa. Um, and we're lucky enough to also have in the studio with us Nishma Rob, Head of Marketing at Google UK. Hi, Nishma. Hello. Hello. Uh, so before we took a break, we were talking about, uh, you said something about we ask, when we're interviewing people, we ask whether they have a level of Googliness. What does that mean? It, it's a really tough one to define. You know, one of the things I look at is around, and I think this probably kind of, I can tell you through the things that I do, um, or you know, I suppose the passions that go beyond the day job. But googliness is really about how you interact and behave. You know, how supportive do you go? Are you one to step forward and help your colleagues? Do you care beyond the kind of day job? Um, and we often encourage a lot of our staff to take on what we call twenty percent projects. So these are ways that they can. You know, from an engineer's point of view, it's really important about their development. So things like Gmail was actually invented out of an engineer's 20% time. I'm not an engineer and, and nor are the teams that I work for, but work with. But we have things that I actually, one of my 20% projects was I for a couple of years led our Women at Google group, which is our internal group um, originally set up by Cheryl Sandberg when she worked for Google, which was uh, set up to really look at how we develop and encourage and create a community for our women but it goes beyond obviously just our women and what we do for them and thinking about them in our organization to beyond so this was you know a lot of the focus has been around coding for girls and encouraging um, more and more girls to take up stem projects and and further them through their career but also again in kind of non-engineering world it's like how can we encourage diverse talent and think about our extension beyond the walls of google and i think for us it's that responsibility in the community as well now, Nishma, you've had a phenomenal career and you have a really big job now. Like, what has it taken for you to kind of reach where you are? For any of our listeners who are listening and they're like, yeah, I'd love to have like a badass job like that one day. Like, what do you think it's taken and what have you learned in your like big career journey? Um, so I started, uh, I mean, I think with most things, you never quite set out. You say, I did have a plan <laughs> when I was I was going to say, you very focused. Did you know where you were heading? Mm, I think I did, but I, I, like I say, I didn't really follow plans. When I came out of university, it was a desperation to get a job versus, <laughs> you know, me have to find a career. So I landed very much in, I actually started my career in a business called Teletext. Those that still remember it, oh, little, old, school. Yeah. 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 old school, <laughs> yeah. analog. That was like the first Google, almost. Wasn't it, it was. It was like Google before Google. It's how you found information, little Lego brick graphics. But I started in a sales career there, rose to the ranks um, uh, to managing director of that business. It was part of the Daily Mail Group. I, I worked very closely with the Daily Mail Group board, which was quite an experience. And um, <laughs> And had always been fascinated by digital and advertising. I think I'd probably wanted to be more on the creative side, but I'd actually ended up originally in sales and developed through to a marketing career in agencies and then at Google. But I think the single thing was I'd had a, I suppose I always had a vision, but I really kind of rested and, and looked at where my skills were. So rather than kind of fighting the skills, I kind of went with it um, and didn't necessarily plan far enough ahead, but was quite concentrated on just being the best I could be at each stage. I think as you mature through your career, and certainly what I know now, and I say to people when I look back and advise all the things I wish I had known when I was going through that, I think there's certain things where being more restless, you know, being a bit more of a badass, actually. Mm -hmm. I wish mm -hmm. I'd been more demanding and asked for those pay rises and promotions. I think I always jumped, I le leapt before I was necessarily ready, and that's, I think, inherently me as a person. I was too often, I, I meet women and I hear that, we still wait to go, oh, are we perfectly qualified for that mm. next role? I leapt way beyond 
which does foster, you know, and other problems actually in terms of, I've talked recently about imposter syndrome, but that, that does lead it. But I think the key thing for me was it's a determination and a passion. So it's knowing really what your strengths are, also being aware of what things you're not very good at mm. or you don't particularly like and really leaning into their strengths. And I think when I came, the last few jobs, but particularly when I came to Google, there was certainly there was a job description and a requirement to do. And what I have and always encouraged people is think about what you need to deliver and then find the way that you want to deliver it versus the way that someone will ask you to. Because when you push those boundaries, when you push the barriers, actually that's when you're at your best. So I've never been, I'm, I'm, don't really know, I suppose actually my bosses may disagree with this, but I'm not one for rules. <laughs> <laughs> so I you know, have often lived by the mantra of ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> that's a good one. But I do think that's where you get your best work because yeah. that's where you're so driven by passion. And I mm-hmm. like to weave the things that I'm passionate about into what I do. Yeah. And relationships and the things that you're told, you're never told this at school, the stuff that really matters, the skills that are so important to being able to build great relationships, never being fearful of, never been scared of meeting people who are really senior or going into a room of people that I didn't know because I've always kind of, I'm so nosy and curious. I just want to know all about them and that helps. Vanessa. Yes, Nishma, I'm just quite curious. I do a lot of work around getting girls into the tech sector and a lot of my girls are women of colour and some of the questions they say to me is they struggle in terms of really seeing themselves in a position like yours because of a lack of role models. I mean, what would you kind of, what do you think needs to be done to kind of really encourage girls of colour that actually they can get to your level? It's so frustrating that um, there is still such a lack of visibility of amazing women of colour, not just in the tech industry, actually kind of broadly, which is why, you know, hands up to those that are doing an amazing job of it. So role modelling, absolutely so important. We need to keep shining a light on the women who are of colour, who have come from a difficult background or an unusual journey to where they are and tell that story, inspire them. You know, I think there's there's good work there, but more needs to be done yeah. to, to highlight them. I also think that it goes further than that. There is a, a piece that needs to be done in terms of educating communities and teachers, because even if you inspire the girls, if they then go home and they don't get the support from families yeah. or their community to go into a an, an area that they will go, oh, no, you can succeed there. And I know for myself it was... I'm sure that um, my family would have maybe wanted me to pick a more traditional career that was more seen as more secure because they didn't see people like me. They didn't see young Asian women going into media or advertising. And I think that's why role modelling is one thing, but mm-hmm. education awareness around around individuals is important as well. Because yeah. Google was one of the companies that came out and said it was going to set targets around diversity. Do you know, do you, do you think that's going to work for a start? Do you think that's going to push forward? And um, what would you like to see happen in the coming year? So um, we were the first tech companies to share data around the makeup because if you don't really understand the makeup of your workforce, you can't really drive it forward. We've made marginal improvements. It's still frustrating, if I'm honest. I think on the engineering side, it's a much bigger problem, you know, because this is actually about having sufficient women around to be able to, you know, of a, of a of ability to be able to recruit them. So that's where we have to go much further back in terms of inspiring girls in schools, etc. But I think around, um, you know, personally, this isn't a business one, personally, I do believe in quotas. I think there has to be Yay. a forcing function. Mm-hmm. Well, there has to yeah. be otherwise, you know, we'll be talking about it. And sadly, I will be, you know, well into my... <laughs> 70s or 80s but I have you know I'm, I'm a mum to twins I've got a good little girl and a little boy who are nine years old and I want to sincerely believe that they both have the same opportunities when they when they get further and businesses it starts with policies 
you know, so is there enough being done around policies to ensure that we're encouraging getting people through the system? And then it is about creating a revolution. And we need everyone within businesses to create a revolution. You know, I am not, um, although I chaired Women at Google for a few years, I um, look at diversity, inclusivity on a much broader level. You know, love men and, and women, and men are a very, very important part of this discussion. And it's wrong to label all men as being kind of the, the, the problem here or all white men being the problem here. I think it's about rooting out, removing fear, because I think if people are fearful of change, that's where the problem is. And uh, it's about good people. It's about great leaders, men and women. They're the ones who will drive change. Yeah. I just want to go back on, you touched on it briefly about imposter syndrome. I know you were advertising week this year. Um, for our listeners, that's a big annual kind of conference around for the advertising industry. And you were on a panel talking about mental health and you talked about imposter syndrome. Now, I know that's something, again, that's come up on the show, like our badass balls ups quite often. And I feel like, I feel like imposter syndrome is talked about quite a lot in the context of women and less men. But anyway, it'd be interesting to know your experience with imposter syndrome. Do you feel like you've finally beaten it? Is it an ongoing thing? Like, what are your views around that? Uh, it's definitely an ongoing thing. I've been even on my way here in the car thinking, <laughs> what am I doing? Why are they asking me on here? <laughs> so, yeah. Because you're I badass, that's why. <laughs> so I'm not sure you ever completely get over it, if I'm honest. I think you just learn to manage it. I think awareness is the first thing for me. So for so much of my career, I had categorised my behaviour or the voices in my head or the way that I approach things to just being me. And as soon as I heard someone, I was in a meeting at Google, and I'd heard someone talk about imposter syndrome I realized straight away that that was me and also then you realize everyone or not everyone but but most people are suffering it in one way or another I think it comes and goes so it's about management I think the thing that women definitely or minority groups suffer it more and I think that's partly if I look on my own career it's because I would often walk into a room be the only woman be often the only woman of color throughout my earlier years of my career often the youngest one there as well and when you don't see anyone like you around you you fear that you're actually not meant to be you don't belong mm. and therefore you put it all on yourself and don't believe that you belong to be there and you talk about I would talk about my achievements as being lucky I would say I've been lucky to get the job I have I'm lucky to be there and that's actually a really dangerous thing because you don't credit ability um, or your experience or your achievements at all in that way and that that's really dangerous I think long term and not, not even long term but I think the challenge and when I identified the behaviours of imposter syndrome so I just put it down that I was a workaholic you know my parents have always worked really hard I just thought that's what I did but you can realise that sometimes you're overworking to compensate because of your lack of belief in yourself or you know your ability to delegate your ability to kind of work harder with your team you know working your teams really really hard as well so identifying it and identifying your traits is really important and then it's about managing it you know I talked about I have this um, yay me folder. So if I can, <laughs> I, <laughs> really like that. I love that. <laughs> so if someone would send me an email and say, that's really great work, I love what you did, or this was brilliant, and give you some feedback, I would tag it, I tag it as a yay me. Do I you? still do it now all the I'm time. Gonna I'm going to do, do that. that. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm going to do that. And then if you're having a bad day, I go back to my yay me folder. Or when you need a point where you need to, you have, you're facing something really tough and you're kind of like, can I do this? I will go back to my yay me folder and remind good. myself what someone has said. Because actually that you'd have to keep taking yourself back to that place. Yeah, it's easy to forget yeah. that, I guess, yeah. isn't it? I love exactly. that idea. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, I think, you know, men just don't talk about having imposter syndrome. No, so they'll yeah. just be like, yeah, we're great. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, well it's done. almost like they're, they're t- maybe they're taught or maybe it's nature, but it's almost like they're like, well, I'll just do it anyway. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I have to channel my inner badass, really. That's like the badass women's ad. <laughs> 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 
Uh, so now you are really senior and I you talked about kind of looking up and needing to see people like yourself and when you don't the problems with that who inspires you now oh gosh there's so many Karen Blackett mm. yeah. she's just yeah. phenomenal the show. Yeah. Karen, yeah. oh she's got to come yeah Karen you've got to come on <laughs> go away and tell her how nice we are <laughs> I will I'll go and tell her she's amazing in every sense and I love the fact that she has um continue to stay very true to her values and her support of really driving the diversity inclusivity um uh, method in term you know what we're trying to do and achieve um i think if i'm going to pick a, a male i'd say edward Enifal and what he's done at vogue he's you know ignored the haters and the, yeah. and, the and those that have criticized and he's just you know really what he's doing he's just building an amazing team and delivering a great product and proving it can be done um live little she's like phenomenal badass you ladies um, there's so so many there is just so many um a couple of ladies that you work with Roshni and Leia from the other box so I think the thing is it's not just about looking up it's looking around you because I look at it what I'm particularly excited about is what I see as particularly the next generation coming through yeah. that's where it's really exciting because there we have to make sure that they do continue that they don't get dampened and leaders in the industry need to make sure that that keeps happening mm-hmm. and Oh, sorry, Emma. I was just going to say, just the things with like uh, what Live Little's done, what the other box are doing, you know, all the sort of kind of tools that Google are creating, like you say, are allowing this generation to come through, create content, create, you know, Live Little's gone. You know what? I can't see any media that represents, you know, the people that mm. I'm surrounded by. And you've just gone out there and now she's becoming a phenomenal success. So absolutely. Yeah, exciting You're not, times. Um, we uh, very recently on, on International Women's Day, I went to a screening of the Hedy Lamar movie, mm. which is just amazing. She was this phenomenal um, Hollywood film starlet who also happened to invent Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. She has been wow. one of our badasses of the week. Just we love so her. So amazing. Yep. And w- what I loved about that, so Susan Sarandon was the exec producer on the film, and we, I was very privileged to be at a lunch with her, and we were talking with various film critics and maker filmmakers around the table, and I think. To your point, actually, platforms that allow this democratisation of anyone being able to share and tell their story, particularly if they can't see it elsewhere, is incredible. Because all of a sudden, and Susan Sarandon talked about this as a couple, of, as well as um, Alexandra Dean, who's the director on the movie, being able to be able to upload your content to, to YouTube or, or whatever the other platforms may be, but for YouTube, they are we're creating this new army of female filmmakers, and they were telling me, and I don't know, I can't verify this because it's me telling their story, but they were saying. Even somewhere like Netflix, you still, as a woman, you have to have three hits before you're commissioned further versus a male that can have one really? hit. Okay. So you really need these platforms that can allow talent to shine and for people to find it. And I know that the Vivian Westwood movie that's just been released or is about to be released is made by a filmmaker who entirely learnt her craft watching how-to videos on YouTube. Really? And isn't that amazing that actually you don't have to have the privilege, which it is, to be able to go to a university or a film school necessarily now if there are other ways to do it. And the power of that storytelling, the power of being able to reach new communities and tell the stories that aren't being told, that's exciting because you haven't got a a film CEO, film company CEO, determining what we see and what we learn. So we can often be quite critical of technology and we can talk about needs for technological detoxes and, you know, how it's kind of ruling our lives. What do you think it has given us, certainly in terms of representation and the depiction of the world around us, that has changed us in the last 10 years? Because we have really changed because of it, right? 
Absolutely. And I think, yeah, there's lots of debate, you know, the good and bad of technology and digital and what it gives us and what it gives our children and just being able to understand it because it's new. I think, you know, what it's given us more than the else is we do have access to information in a way that we never would have had before. And that democratisation, the fact that you can be a kid in a village in India or you could be sat in a village in Cambridge here and still have access to the same information is so powerful. I also think that you have an opportunity to hear other voices. So being able to look beyond the stories that you're told and be able to to reach them. And then I also look at look at some of the movements in the last few years that have really gained traction because they've been able to find other like-minded people through the internet, through YouTube, through social media, whatever it may be. So I think within think it's about thinking about that balance and what it gives us and that the opportunities that we have. If you could go back to kind of you as a teenager, 15, 16, and tell her what you know now, what would you want her to know? Um, don't spend all your money on shoes. <laughs> don't spend all your money on no, shoes. No, I would have done that anyway. There's no way. <laughs> Maybe not so much gin, but shoes. <laughs> Nishma, it's been a delight having you. Thank you so much. Uh, Nishma Rob, who is Head of Marketing at Google UK, so many life lessons there. Uh, we've got even more amazing content and people coming up, including prevention of mother-to-child transmission of HIV. We're going to talk about how you can help with that here on Talk Radio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.